Super Talk Mississippi media production. Are you tired of dents and scratches ruining the look of your car? Look no further than Porter's Body Shop in Brookhaven. Call us at 601-833-1861 or visit us online at portersbodyshopms.com. And now, it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that celebrates coastal Mississippi every single day. Uh, and we celebrate the, celebrate the people who are making this such a great place to live, work, and play. And uh, those people come in so many walks of life. We're going to be talking with Josh Morgaman, iCyclone, the, the top hurricane uh, chaser in the world here in just a second. But I wanted to share with something with you. I was walking outside uh, recently with my, my granddaughter, uh, Mila. Mila is the child who you may remember me telling the story about. Uh, she she got very ill and stopped breathing and unfortunately led to me having to do CPR on her. And you know, long story short, for those of you who know the story, um, after about five days in the hospital and uh, and some great some great uh, health care, she's doing great today. And Mila and I were outside uh, walking. Um, and uh, one of the things she likes to do is pick up acorns outside. I mean, just, she, we get a we get an empty bottle, and she just starts filling the, the bottle full of acorns. And we just love doing that. And we talk about things, and and she's just a wonderful, wonderful, vivacious uh, two year old. And as we were headed back into the house, though, uh, we, one it was just a beautiful uh, uh, setting sun, and she points up to the sky and she says, "Oh, look, Papa, a rainbow." And, you know, it's in those moments that you just, God, you just want to thank God that you had this moment with her. You know, obviously, I feel that way. No matter what what her health condition had been at one point, I feel that anyway. I feel just this opportunity to be with them. But through the eyes of a child, through the eyes of a baby, you can see the world. And to look up at that sky with her and appreciate what literally, I mean, it wasn't a rainbow. It was just a beautiful sky. But what she described as a two-year-old was a rainbow, and it just, you know, once again, in this Thanksgiving season, as we head toward the holidays, um, you know, it's a great opportunity to thank God that we had this incredible place, and I have Mila, we have Mila, and uh, we have the beautiful sunsets of coastal Mississippi, and, you know, I'm, I always, in my older life, I, I think I, I'm someone who really appreciates the moment. I talk about that a lot on my show a lot. The experience with Mila makes me appreciate the moment more. I hope that doesn't fade. I don't think it will because it scarred me. But, um, but you know, anyway, I'm so thankful I get the opportunity to enjoy the rainbow with my granddaughter Mila, that is for sure. So now let's shift gears. We are, we've been fortunate this year not to be on the show very often with my friend Josh Morgaman. Josh is known as iCyclone. Uh, he's had reality TV shows uh, about him. He's you know been on every major network there is chasing hurricanes for many, many years. We've, we've told his life story. So if you've never heard about Josh Morgan before, stay tuned in. And I think you'll enjoy this conversation today. But we're going to look back on the 2021 hurricane season. We're going to find out what, what's going on in Josh's life these days. But over the last couple of years, we've, my wife and I have become good friends with him. We had dinner this year with his mother who came down from New York City. 
And, um, you know, he's just a smart guy that we enjoy spending time with. But anyway, without any further ado, let me just say, how you doing, my friend, Josh? Yeah, real good. It's uh, it's nice to be back on the show. I'm a little hurt that uh, that you think it's a good thing that I'm not on the show. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, no, but I understand. I don't you know, I don't take it personally. People always say I don't want to see you in my hometown. And uh, I just have to I have to accept that. Yeah, you're you're kind of like Jim Cantore. You know, <laughs> people saw when when a storm is coming and Jim Cantore shows up, that's not a good thing. And uh, and and you uh, you're that kind of guy when you're going to be in town and you you have this way of putting yourselves yourself inside the eye of a hurricane. And now see this year, and we're going to talk about this in just a few minutes. But this year led to chases and multiple chases in Mexico. What are you up to now in terms of? Uh, eye walls penetrated. I'm up to 60 exactly. Last one was uh, down in Mexico, way down the southern coast of Mexico. And yeah, that is the 60th hurricane or typhoon eye wall in my career. I'm not aware of anyone who's ever had more than that. So uh, I believe it's a world record. There's no one's ever said it isn't. So uh, yeah, 60. Well, I think we chatted about this at one point, but are, do you have plans to like pursue a Guinness Book of World Record? Yeah, it's funny you ask that. A few people have been asking me about it, and I think maybe I should look into the topic. Now, one thing I know with the Guinness Book of World Records, I learned about this because uh, there's um, there's this violin. Uh, violinists were competing who's the fastest violinist, so there was this piece that they were all trying to play and who could play it faster against a clock. And the people who played it fastest didn't play it most accurately. And it brought up the whole question of, okay, what are the objective standards with a record? Some, some records are easier to sort of measure than others. Now, what I consider a successful penetration of a hurricane is when I get in the eye wall. That's a fairly clear cut sort of achievement in a hurricane, but, but there's a lot of borderline cases. So if you're going to start talking about records, then it would it would get into some of these kind of gray areas. That said, I have so many more than anyone else that I don't think there would be any gray area. But if it started to become a list of people, I could see there being some. Uh, so, uh, you know, standards would have to be uh, created. Well, look, again, if, if people who have heard our conversations before know this, but again, some people may be listening that didn't know this. You're from L.A., and um, and so in the year prior to the pandemic, you had done this reality TV show with the BBC called The Hurricane Man. It was really played around the world. And uh, so you were getting ready to do season two. The pandemic hits. You had to make a decision about where you're going to be located for the storm, whether you're going to do worldwide chases like you normally do or whether you're going to just confine, do the, your confines to North America and maybe maybe down into the Caribbean and Mexico. Uh, especially, um, and you decided to go to a central location. You picked Hancock County. In fact, you picked uh, a home you call where you are now, Hurricane House, affectionately, right there in Bay St. Louis. Um, and you're here. It is the second season since you made that decision, and you're still here. Will you stay here? And let's talk about what you have learned about that beautiful city. Yeah. The pandemic, obviously, tr tremendous tragedy and has created so much hardship and misery. Me, I'm all about trying to find, okay, what's the, you know, what's the kind of silver lining? You talked about what happened with Mila, you know, your granddaughter, that you're scarred by that experience. However, 
you've you've gained insights from it, you know, and and you, you've you've kind of taken good from it. And I tried to do that with the pandemic, and you know. As I was a global hurricane chaser, you know, my brand was just going around the world, prowling the globe, you know, East Asia, Australia, Mexico, you name it, that's where I'm going to beat a hunt to hurricane. And then the pandemic, you know, the whole world shut down. You couldn't go anywhere. And it made my, it made my world really small. And I had to just rethink, okay, what am, as a chaser dude, what am I going to be doing? And that's when I just thought, all right, if I'm confined to the U.S., let me just, as you you know, say, get right right into the heart of it, heart of U- USA's hurricane country, which is it, it, Mississippi is like a nice midpoint. So the initial reason was uh, was basically that I found a nice little house in Bay St. Louis. Now I was excited specifically about Bay St. Louis, and I've mentioned this on the show in the past. You know, I grew up in New York, and uh, you know, like a, a pre-internet hurricane nerd. You know, when I was a teenager, I'd you know be reading like stories of Camille and stuff, and. Bay St. Louis is a town that was always mentioned because the eye, you know, the category five of one of the greatest American hurricanes passed right over Bay St. Louis. So the, the place almost had this kind of mythical that and past Christiane were the two towns that were always mentioned in Camille accounts. And I so these towns kind of had this sort of mythical quality for me. So when I you know, when I came down here, it was cool to to, to be here and to see it, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I felt like I. I'm a big history guy. I love history. And Bay St. Louis has cool and interesting hurricane history, not just with Camille, but also with uh, with Katrina. And I shouldn't say cool. It was a, it was tragic. But the point is, Bay St. Louis has been ground zero for a couple of the most cataclysmic hurricanes in uh, in American history, actually the entire Mississippi coast. So that um, I dug that. But just hurricanes aside, you know, Bay St. Louis for me is like a magical old town. You know, it's it's a. Uh, I'm a big kind of historical preservationist and and the town's got a lot of just cool old houses with like a lot of personality, you know, some of the quiet little streets off the main ones, you know, you just have these quiet streets with all these, you know, live oaks and, and palm meadows and, you know, just these like ornate old architecture and the streets are really quiet. There's a really like kind of mysterious quality to parts of the town that I really dig. So Pandemic seems to be, I, I like to think of it as over. I know it's not, but in my mind, it's over. Uh, but I'm thinking of actually making Mississippi sort of part of my life moving forward, uh, meaning it's not just a pandemic thing. Yeah, well, yeah, you've fallen in love with the place, haven't you? I have. I have, no, I have. I have. I really, you know, I really dig it. I think it's, you know, like as you always say, I think I think coastal Mississippi is very unique and you know, it really scratches an itch for me. And folks are like, well, you can move there full time. I don't think that because I am, you know, there is a side of me that I am a city guy. I was born in New York City. I, you know, and I my whole adult life I've been in LA. I, I do have that need for like kind of big city life. But I'm also realizing I really <laughs> I like this lifestyle as well. So, and uh, you know, like why not have both? Yeah, well, yeah. L.A., L.A. is a big city. You've got a successful firm there. We'll talk about that part of your life here in just a second. And uh, you'll be living a double life, L.A. and Mississippi, which I think would be pretty cool. What a great contrast. We'll see you after this break as we continue our conversation with Josh Morgan, the top hurricane chaser in the world. View on Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I 10 exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. 
This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have Josh Morgan, iCyclone. You can look him up. Let's do a little search on iCyclone. You'll be amazed at what you find. Amazing videos inside the eye of hurricanes and all around the world, for that matter. And uh, for the last two years, he's used Bay St. Louis as a base station. Hey, let me just take a quick pause and tell you something, Josh. When I went out uh, just before the show started to get some water, and my wife says, who do you have today? And I said, oh, it's Josh. I have Josh today. Oh, really? Well, it was actually her idea. When we were talking about doing shows that we could that we could run during the Thanksgiving sort of holiday period is at least coming out of the Thanksgiving holiday period here it is on on a Monday um, we we she said well, you need you got to get Josh because you got to do a look back on on the season I mean first of all he's a lot of fun to talk to but let's find out what he's been doing since we didn't have him on the show as often as we did last year which again I say is a good thing but she wanted me to pass along her hellos to you and uh, we look forward to getting together with you soon. But, you know, we've really enjoyed your company and getting to know you better. And uh, and that's been one of the benefits of having the show, the fact that we've got this chance to connect. Isn't that true? Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I remember when you first you know, reached out to me and it's like I, I didn't occur to me that we would become such good friends. And, uh, you know, I miss Anne. I'm really I'm sad. I haven't seen Anne since July. So uh, hopefully we'll fix that soon. For for sure. Hey, so we were talking about. Okay, so you may actually find a find a base station here for a, maybe a permanent base station for during hurricane season. You've got some potential reality TV shows and other things that you're working on. We're going to come back to that in a second. But when you're not here, you're in LA and you have your own agency. Talk about what work you you're involved in these days. So uh, you mean on the, the sort of uh, hurricane side or on the... Uh, no, the uh, real world side, the non-hurricane Oh, hey, they're side. both real. Okay, I keep it real <laughs> on both sides. So, yeah, I kind of have a weird life. You know, it's kind of like, you know, Superman, Clark Kent, or, you know, maybe Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You know, my hurricane side is kind of the heavy metal side. And I got another side, which is a, I guess I'll call it sort of like a... I don't want to say corporate side, but, uh, you know, I, I, I work as a consultant, uh, you know, in a firm that I founded 20 years ago. I'm a brand and advertising consultant. So what I am is basically someone comes to me and it could be literally could be a, uh, you know, a brand of floor polish. It could be a TV network. It could be a celebrity, uh, whoever it is. They come to me when they want to either establish a new product or, or they come to us, I should say, because it's not just me. It's me and my team. They want to, for example, establish a new product. Like a, a TV network comes to us and they say, "Okay, we're 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 creating a new uh, men's TV channel and it's going to have action shows and stuff like that." And we're trying to appeal to men age 25 to 60, whatever. And they need us to come up with the brand identity, meaning give it a name, give it a look, give it a visual identity, give give the brand a narrative. That's what that's what we do. That's what I do in my uh, when I'm not chasing hurricanes is I'm creating brands very interesting work it's very uh, intellectually stimulating it's very creative it's very hard <laughs> there's nothing harder than than from like a white canvas coming up with like a new brand but it's fun it's, it keeps your brain like it keeps you on your toes all the time you know it's interesting too you know you've been doing it for a long time you're really good at it you've had a lot of success you've got you've got small clients and big clients i mean you you really kind of run the spectrum don't you yeah. And that's what makes it fun for us. You know, we have some like 
longtime super corporate, you know, big clients, like you said, and then we we do some oddball clients, and it's a it's a you know it's a great mix, and it's really kind of it's fun, and we like that we like that variety, you know, doing branding for everything from cities to transit lines to uh, you know brands of uh, chocolate to uh, like I said, uh, you know, uh, accounting firms. It it really it, you're constantly having to use your brain in different ways and. And you just you don't you don't settle into any kind of routine. That's the thing about being a sort of a brand consultant is you're constantly you're, you're intellectually on your toes. Okay, how to how to create something new and something that's going to speak to the audience and excite them. That's like you're constantly just having to be like sharp and on it and just coming up with ideas. It is funny that when I said your real job, because that's the way I would actually describe the job that has enabled you to sort of uh, pursue your passion of hurricane chasing. But you're right in pushing back on that because they're both real. What has happened is what was really kind of a hobby or an obsession, a strange and weird and dangerous obsession, I might add, had, has really become uh, it's a business in and of itself, hasn't it? Exactly. And I was thinking about this the other day, uh, you know, it's as you said, hurricane chasing for me started out as a like an extremely expensive hobby, you know, and I just I, I was so obsessed with the subject matter. Obviously, I'm obsessed that I it's like I didn't care. I'm just going to spend any money like just I got to just hunt down this hurricanes. And, you know, people say. Just follow your passion, do what you really believe in and what you really want to do and the money will come. And that's kind of what happened. You know, it's, it was in phases it, you know, at first it was just like, I said, for years, it was a very expensive hobby. Then I got to a point where actually I started like appearing on TV and licensing footage. I'd never planned to do those things. I wasn't chasing for money, but I got to a point where I could pay for the obsession, pay for the habit. <laughs> and then, uh, and now it, you know, then I've gotten it to the next level, which is it actually is a real career where I really make money. Now I want to emphasize, I don't chase, uh, that's not why I chase, but you know, I yeah, I've monetized it and I made it into a career, and it is, and it is a, you know, like, like I kind of implied before, it is, it, it is a real job too, you know, and actually, it, it, it comes with some of the drawbacks of a job now, you know, like uh, this season I was on contract with Weather Nation, uh, doing coverage for them, and. Uh, for the first time in 30 years, I can't. I was sick and I couldn't chase uh, Nicholas in Texas, a hurricane. That was the first time in 30 years. I literally, I, I just, it was, it wasn't COVID. It was some random 24-hour bug. I just gotten back from Mexico. I'm not gonna blame Mexico. It wasn't it? Just, but I just was like, I felt terrible for 24 hours. Like couldn't chase. Like I drove to the Louisiana border and I had to turn around and go back. That's how bad I felt. But. I was like, you know, I had to call the network and call in sick and, you know, like, like just like I was a drag to do that, you know, and feel like I wasn't coming through my obligations. But, you know, when you when you want to monetize something and make a career out of it, you know, strings come with that. And, uh, you know, if I could just add one more point, I was thinking about this, you know, hurricane chasing for me, it's become really big. It has become a career. There are many elements to it. There's the social media. There are there's the TV. There's just there's all these elements of it. And I was thinking back to when I was in my 20s and when I was chasing hurricanes and when I was just like a nobody and there was no social media and I had no audience. No one knew who the heck I was. No one cared. Again, this is before social media. And I have to say, I was um, 
almost got nostalgic for that, you know, that that time when I just chased and there was no putting on a show. It was just me and the hurricane and just experiencing it and being in the moment. And that was it. And uh, a side of me was like, wow, you know, I did I lose that? Did I lose that? One last thing I want to add, because it's related to something you said earlier, you talked about Mila and how she looked at the sky with a child's eyes and a child. Does, isn't that interesting? The way she she interpreted it as a rainbow because of all the colors and she didn't know that it wasn't a rainbow. And actually, that's kind of logical. Yeah, it is a rainbow, actually. You know, it's colors. And I'm like, I, I kind of almost with the hurricanes, I remember the kind of childlike wonder I had as, you know, with hurricanes and i'm like okay have i lost that and how do i get that perspective back yeah well you yeah. know what's interesting to me i i came from uh a, you know media and more specifically based in journalism where credibility and integrity and all those things are really important authenticity really important it's important to get the facts it's important to describe it as it is and not color it with something that it isn't and what's interesting about my conversation with you, as you were sort of going through the process of uh, the contract with Weather Nation, uh, was that that the authenticity and sort of the purity of what it is you're going to experience was really important to you. You didn't want it. You didn't want to be told to do it in a certain way or to say it in a certain way or or to suggest it was something that someone else felt that it should be the authenticity of it to you was really important. So it's interesting to me that even though you may say you want to make sure that you don't lose whatever that excitement was when you were a young guy and you're in your, in a very significant sense. And maybe that's one of the draws for you, by, by the way, is that you have wanted to maintain that authenticity and, uh, and, and see it for what it is and not make it something that it's not, that's probably one of the reasons Weather Nation likes their relationship with you. That's probably one of the reasons why you're going to have success going forward with other uh, reality shows is that that's what you you're working really hard to protect that. Am I being being fair in my observation of all that? Absolutely. And you hit the nail on the head of why I like to work with Weather Nation. You know, I've worked with other channels and I I sometimes felt like they were trying to put me in a box or turn me into a reporter or something like that, which I'm not. And Weather Nation really, they totally get me. They understand I'm kind of like this lone wolf, this kind of like this weird dude who's gonna do his thing. And they wanna kind of benefit from that. But the important thing with Weather Nation for me is that they want me to do me. And they they kind of work around that, and uh, they they're it's a great channel. They're um, they're very they've got a, a sort of like they're very dynamic, and they're kind of very open to doing things in different ways. And I'm really uh, it's uh, it's great. I'm going to be renewing with them for next year. I'm excited to hear that. Actually, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about Weather Nation and see what's you know what's in the works for next year and beyond, which could be great for Coastal Mississippi. Um, We'll continue this conversation with Josh Morgan, the top hurricane chaser in the world, after we come back from break. See you after this. And now, it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. 
Welcome back to Coast View. We have Josh Morgan, the top hurricane chaser in the world, joining us today. And when we went to break, we were talking about Weather Nation. And if you haven't heard about Weather Nation, let me give you my interpretation, and then I'll let Josh kind of chime in. Um, like a lot of people um, here at my house, the family, the Matthews family house, we cut the cord and we're streaming. So when you cut the cord and start to stream, if you used to watch the Weather Channel, the Weather Channel app is actually kind of clunky, to be quite honest with you. And it's and it's uh, it reminds you that the Weather Channel makes its money from cable. And sometimes if you're getting your money from cable, it's kind of hard to transition and do simultaneous streaming. In some cases, they don't even want you to do that because they want you to go to the cable channel so you can get exposed to the advertising and whatever. So. As I also was trying to find sort of a, if you listen to show regularly, you know I'm kind of a weather nerd. So if you listen to show, you, you know that. And one of the things that I want to have is a good weather alternative in a streaming world. I don't want to necessarily get my weather from, from you know, networks and things like that. They're just, if you go to, we have YouTube TV, so there's not a really good weather alternative for YouTube TV. So I did a lot of researching and I came across uh, the, this Weather Nation app and I downloaded it. Well, at first, you know, I first downloaded, I said, well, they're doing pretty good, but in some areas they needed some improvement. But when I came back and studied them a little bit, they'd been around for a little bit of time, but they were, you know, the, as I mentioned on a past show, kind of an entrepreneurial type of effort, try, willing to try new things, bringing in cool partners in various spaces. For example, you know, hurricane chasers like Josh, you know, having them be associated with the channel. If you if you watched them over the last couple of years and then watch them this year, what you see is that they're really stepping their game up now. You know, if you're looking for a sort of a weather, and a look, I'm not comparing them to Weather Channel, but if you're looking for a Weather Channel type experience, Weather Nation's a really good alternative. So you can, you know, you can have it as an app. You click on it, it brings it up. You get local radio, excuse me, radar. And uh, you get some really, really good live coverage during hurricanes. So, this is a really good app. So, if you uh, if you haven't downloaded it and you're streaming, the Weather Nation is what it's called. I'm thrilled, Josh, that you have signed to come on another year with them. That's a cool. That's a cool uh, announcement that you're making here. Yeah, I'm very excited. It's hard to you know in the media world. It's hard to find. Uh, partners where it's like it, it's a good fit and you know when you work in tv and or in media and, and ricky i'm sure you know this too you know you you constantly you're there's that sort of battle between you know you're trying to be authentic but you're also trying to make a living and like how do you balance that and and weather nation is one of those partners that was that's allowed me to do that they really let me be me uh, and they and they work with that and they bring me into their programming and and uh, and I in turn you know work my butt off for them you know to give good to give good coverage and uh, you know it feels it, it's nice to you know when you're collaborating with it with a sort of an outfit that you really like you believe in. Yeah, I know, I know you do. And you, you mentioned that your CEO himself calls you to check on you. That's cool. That's a great culture. Yeah, exactly. No, he's he's just he's you know he's there, uh, you know, just like you know either in the office and he's like he wants to talk with the you know on the ground talent and and you know the other folks like the other field correspondents like when I first started working there they're like oh yeah we'll just I'll just call them on the phone and I'm like whoa you know I'm not used to that kind of culture where you would just you know, you'd call the head guy like I mean I don't abuse that but uh, but he's he's really accessible like that and he kind of wants to be you know kind of there and available to the talent. And, uh, you know, because I think he wants, you know, he wants people to feel respected and valued. And that's cool. And I think he's just genuinely like that. You know, he's just that way. He's uh, he's very personable. Rob Sig is his name. 
Yeah. So, so uh, while Rob, while they've been doing it for a little bit of time now, I like to say that the culture that he's created is kind of a startup culture. You know, they're entrepreneurial. They're wanting to win in this space, and they're wanting to take their game to the next level. And it's really showing. I mean, if you look as as I said, if you look at the changes they made just in the past year, it's pretty pretty. You know, they're 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 a serious player in this space, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that it's an entrepreneurial or startup uh, culture there. I noticed that when I was when I went to Denver, when I went to uh, the headquarters, when I signed on just to kind of meet the team and everything. But that's how it is. And I've noticed that as we work together, some other channels I worked with, they've got very rigid processes. They're like, this is how we do it. And they're kind of, yeah, rigid is the word. With Weather Nation, I started working with them. We had a powwow about okay, what's what's a good way to collaborate on the ground? Like what like what tools should we use? They were open. They had their tools, but they were open to hearing how I'd done things in the past. And they actually took some of my ideas in terms of like okay, how to get coverage live from in the field to on TV as quick as possible. They were open, and uh, and and because of that, the processes kind of uh, you know things evolve and they get better. Well, Hurricane Man with the BBC was a, a really very popular reality show that got kind of put on hiatus because of the pandemic. You've been in negotiations with other possibilities. What can you talk about? So I'm talking with another media company, and we're actually developing a show. Uh, it would be a sort of more of a retrospective on my past chases. You know, I've been in 60 hurricanes, so obviously I've, I have some war stories. <laughs> I have some crazy video. I've got, you know, like years and years of just insane experiences in the jaws of some of the most violent and scary typhoons and hurricanes around the planet. You know, I've been in a lot of legendary storms. So this media company had this idea, wow, this is a this is just like a built-in TV show, my past work. Hurricane Man, you know, comes with me on the ground as I'm chasing in real time. This show would be a look back that I would host. And so we're developing that now. And basically, we've been I've been sitting down with the producers and the creative team going through my, you know, we made an Excel spreadsheet of all my chases, and there's a lot, of course. And then trying to pair them. We're, we're thinking to do two uh, storms per episode and then try and figure out how to pair them. It's almost like being a chef and you're like, okay, what side dish goes with that steak? You know, it's kind of, it's uh, it's like a Rubik's Cube too. It's trying to figure out how the pieces work together. So we're there. Uh, we're developing the pilot now. And, uh, and then if that does well, it'll become a full 13 episode streaming series. And I hope to announce it soon, including the company and all that. Cause I do want to, you know, as you know, I, I do like to, I am enthusiastic about promoting my work. I do it without apology, and I definitely want to promote this. Well, you, uh, you know, looking back, uh, there's so many great storms that you've been in, but you've been, in, you were in the eye of Hurricane Haiyan in uh, the Philippines, uh, Hurricane Patricia in Mexico, Dorian, Dorian at Marsh Harbor, and in the Bahamas, and you were presumed dead for uh, two or three days afterwards. Uh, You've been into some big ones, so you've got some stories to tell. What's interesting about the last couple of years is that uh, you look at, uh, let's take Louisiana, for example. Louisiana has been clobbered. I mean, Oof. absolutely clobbered. And with Ida, for example, it was a close call for coastal Mississippi. And had we gotten a direct hit, man, we would have really been clobbered too. But we've been lucky, haven't we, Josh? We've just been lucky the last couple of years. Yeah, you know, the you brought up Louisiana. God, it it's painful thinking about it, you know what and, and again, it's not that Mississippi's gotten off scot free. I mean, Zeta was Zeta was a pretty harsh 
punch for the coast, you know. It hit Louisiana as a cat three. It got up here as a cat two. What was interesting was because it was it was moving fast and coastal Mississippi was just to the right of the center. And actually, that was the worst part to be because, first of all, that was the strong part. And secondly, that was the part where the flow was on shore, like, kind of like with Katrina, you know, that the center was west of coastal Mississippi. So Mississippi really got clobbered in that thing. You know, I came back uh, this summer and I could still see some of the scars from Zeta. But as you pointed out, man, poor Louisiana. And it, it shows you something. Right now, I, I call it like the curse. The, the curse moves around. Like, so in in the World War II and the immediate post-war years, 1945 to 1950, it was Florida. Florida had, in that five-year period, they had like six Category 4 hurricanes, one of which hit Miami directly, one of which hit Fort Lauderdale directly, like just crazy stuff. Then in the 1950s, everything went up the East Coast. My mother, growing up in New York, said, oh, yeah, we got hurricanes all the time. Like, she was a teenager in the 50s. Like, it, so the, the hot spot moves around. And what I've noticed, uh, you know, just looking at stuff is basically 2017, big picture, seems to have started what I call, a, a, we're in a Gulf phase. It just the, the, the hurricane activity is very focused in the Gulf, you know, and, and the U.S. since 2017 has had a lot of devastating Gulf landfalls. Category 4, Harvey in Texas. Irma uh, on the west coast of Florida. Then, of course, Category 5, Michael on the panhandle. And then last year, let's not even go there. I mean, all the Gulf hurricanes. So we're in a Gulf phase, and Louisiana is just, you know, they've gotten clobbered. One last thing I'll say about Louisiana. A high-end Category 4 hurricane last year, Laura, and then a high-end Category 4 hurricane this year, Ida, two in a row. No other state has pulled that off of, of two category four hurricanes it, within two years, except Florida, which is like, you know, the capital of US hurricanes. So yeah, Louisiana, they're just, there's a hex on them right now. Hopefully, hopefully it's done for a while because I feel bad. Yeah, well, one of my dear friends, his name is Lance Reynolds. He actually is the chief operating officer for Harvey Golf and they offer, operate out of Port Fouchon and you can only imagine oh, wow. Port Fouchon took a direct hit. He lives in Cutoff, Louisiana, which is where oh, the, which uh, also former yeah, the yeah, the former quarterback for uh, for the New Orleans Saints, Bobby Bear, his family is from there. And I talked to him last week, he hunts with me up in the Delta and talked to him last week and he's still rebuilding his house and he, man, just, I mean, this is not the kind of storm you just go pick up and get on back with your life. This is a multi-year recovery these people are having to go through. When we come back, we'll finish our conversation about the past year and we'll look forward to see what's coming next. We'll talk to you after this break. Uh, we're, we're with Josh Morgan, the top hurricane chaser in the world, and we'll see you after this. also listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. We're talking to Josh Morgaman. He's iCyclone. He is a hurricane man. He's the top hurricane chaser in the world. And his base station in the last two years has been from Hurricane House right there in Bay St. Louis. Now, the good news is we haven't talked a lot this year because we haven't had a lot of, you know, close calls. Ida was a very close call, and we did discuss that in that moment. But you did a lot of chases down to Mexico this year. Tell me about that. 
Yeah, the interesting thing about this year is it started busy. It kind of felt like it was going to be 2020 part two. And then mid-season, at least for the U.S., it just died. You know, think about last year. We had two major uh, hurricane landfalls, you know, well into October. Zeta hit Mississippi October 29th. It was almost November when Zeta hit here. Uh, but this year, yeah, it just like shut down for the U.S. And basically second half of the season, I was living in Mexico. I chased a... Uh, yeah, three hurricanes down there, uh, you know, uh, on, on the West Coast, the Pacific Coast of Mexico. Now, what's interesting is the season here, you know, you think of Mississippi, the really legendary hurricanes mostly been August, like, you know, Camille and Katrina, maybe September, like Elena, 1985. And the, on the West Coast of Mexico, the big month is October, because instead of all the hurricanes in the Eastern Pacific, they go out to sea all year. And then in October, the, the, the troughs dip down, they scoop them back up and ram them into the coast. So I was just, yeah, I was just down in Mexico chasing in a variety of states down there. Uh, and, uh, you know, Mexico's great turf. It's different than chasing in the U.S. Uh, you know, there's some concerns and some things that make it more challenging, but I, I like going down there. I like to work on my Spanish, like to see new places, but yeah, second half of the season, I was basically in, in Mexico nonstop. Uh, every time I, every time I went to check you out, <laughs> you were headed back there again. And uh, you, you've really, gosh, that's a, that's a hard chase to do it because you, you're having to go into some places you, in some cases you knew, in some cases you didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's there's parts of Mexico where the State Department says, you know, that they have travel advisories and there's certain parts of Mexico where they're like, you know, don't go to those states and stuff like that. And, and some of the chasing I did this year, especially Hurricane Rick, were in those areas, you know, and this is like my crazy side coming out. You know, I'm so determined to hunt the hurricane that I, you know, maybe don't uh, sort of take as many precautions as I should in other areas. But the cool thing is, I get outside the tourist parts of Mexico and I really see the country and it's a great country. I love Mexico. It's uh, it's a, uh, you know, it's a great place. The people are very nice. Uh, you know, this year it almost seemed like I needed a hurricane house down there, maybe in like Puerto Vallarta <laughs> or Acapulco. <laughs> like, maybe I need a second hurricane house. Casa de Huracan. <laughs> yeah. I want to hear what, uh, what Thanksgiving means to you, but real quick, people can go, to YouTube and watch your YouTube live show. You've had one out recently. How can they find that show? Oh, yeah. So so I have a, a, a live stream show called iCyclone Live, and I just kind of you know, uh, talk about hurricanes, obviously. And uh, most importantly, I connect with, you know, fans and people who follow me, you know, just kind of answering questions in real time. Episode three is tonight. So go on YouTube, just to uh, iCyclone on YouTube. And uh, yeah, you'll just see the link right at the top for the live show. It's at seven. Uh, oh, actually, sorry. I This is pre-recorded. So just uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's regular. Subscribe to the channel and you will see the next uh, episode coming up yeah but they can see even though even though it's going to be tonight and this will this particular show will air a little bit later they can go watch that show and you've got fans from all over the world that that um that that come in and, and see it hey let's uh before we close out and before you head back to la what when you you know thanksgiving just happened and you're headed we're headed toward what is what does the holidays mean to you what does this time of year mean to you Gratitude is the key to happiness. It is. It, it it doesn't matter if you own twenty houses and fifty cars and all that, um, or if you have absolutely nothing. If you have gratitude, if you are like just happy with your with what you have, 
you're the wealthiest man, you know, on earth. And so, you know, I really, and I, I, that's a cliche to say it, but it's really true. And I've learned it, you know, if you just, just having gratitude, just wake up every day and think, what am I happy about? What am I fortunate? What, what makes me fortunate? You're yeah. good. You know what, you know, what's interesting as we sort of close out the show, I say this on this show all the time. What we've learned here in coastal Mississippi is we've learned to be resilient. We've learned to understand that buildings don't make a community. The people do hurricane Katrina, hurricane Camille, other challenges that we've had remind us that, that we have our neighbors and we work together and it doesn't matter about political affiliation or nothing like that. When you're in the midst of a tough situation, you find out what ultimately matters. And you have seen that characteristics all around the world, haven't you? That that's something we share with so many other communities and it doesn't matter what language you speak. Isn't that true? Absolutely. You know, I think of Bay St. Louis and then I think of Taclavan City in the Philippines, which was wiped out by Category 5 Super Typhoon Haiyan. And, you know, it and Bay St. Louis have actually the towns look similar. They're both on the tips of peninsulas and they both got wiped out by devastating surges. And, you know, Philippines or Mississippi, there there is that human quality of resilience. But I do think just specifically about Mississippi that there is very strong community spirit here. And like you said, the resilience is amazing. You know, just especially now, I think Mississippi is really in a boom right now. I'm, I really feel it. It's like 15, 16 years after Katrina. You feel it here, man. There's just like like everywhere you go, houses are being worked on and restored. And it's like it's like boom time here. It's a great time to be in Mississippi. Yeah, I had Nikki Moon on recently and she she owns uh, Baytown Inn in Bay St. Louis. And oh, it, I and, love and, that and place. And Tish Williams from the chamber, we always talk about it. It's just incredible. It's a, it's, it, you know, the bounce back is unbelievable. But we're out of time, Josh Morganman. It's been a pleasure to see you, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Have, have a safe trip back to L.A., buddy. Great being back. Thanks, Ricky. You bet. See you. Have, have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.